Welcome to The Frontier, the podcast by Gun.io. Thank you for joining us. Today, I'm talking with a Gun.io developer, William Rodriguez. Say hi to everybody, William. Hey, hello, everybody. <laughs> now, William, um, you're, you've been on the gun platform for a little while, and you've been working with clients. Um, just wanted people to get to know you a little better. So the first question I have is, how did you get into programming? Sure, absolutely. Well, it, it wasn't uh, the initial thing I thought I would do, honestly. Um, at, at a young age, uh, I actually had no interest in technology at all, but I was very interested in aerospace engineering. Ooh. And it just so happened that uh, at the time when I was contemplating my future right, and my career, it turns out that uh, at that time, uh, a, a large defense manufacturer had just laid off 5,000 engineers. Wow. And I started thinking about the prospects of how, you know, how soon would that recover and when would I get a job? So with that in mind, uh, I somehow got interested in, I, I, you know, in maybe studying business, something different. And I wound up getting a job at the university in the university computing center. And I was completely fascinated. And uh, so I pivoted from, uh, you know, my initial start to technology, computer science, and uh, never look back now. And I think about it, it was almost like a hobby. It wasn't even a job anymore. It was, it was that interesting to me. So I easily immersed myself there and uh, have enjoyed it since. And it's, uh, I marvel at some of the things that we see now, which, you know, I initially back then, you know, that point, I, I imagine that we would see things like we see today, but to actually be here and, and watch, you know, the technology re- reach this level, it's, it's, it's amazing. And to, it's amazing to see how it's changed so many lives and changed the world even. So it's, it's, it's been a great, so not, not what I started out to do, but here I am. I'm glad I did. <laughs> I agree with you. It has been a, it is a great time to be alive. And unlike you, I knew from the time I was 14 years old, computers is what I wanted to do. Um, took a couple detours to get me to doing this full time, but um, it, my wife actually hates me because she still hasn't figured out what she wants to do. But I've known since I was a kid. Hey, um, you've obviously in your career you've worked on several very interesting projects. Tell us about your most interesting project or your favorite project. I'd have to say, and you're right. I've worked on a lot of different interesting projects. Some of them just because they were, I would call, you know, bleeding edge technology you know, doing things that, um, you know, just were really cutting edge. Um, but probably the most interesting one, I would say, uh, was the one that started about two years ago, was uh, taking uh, something that had been invented over 100 years ago and transforming that into something uh, using today's technology. And uh, it just, it's, it's, real, it's real testament to how far we've come with technology to to know that uh, we took something that was very secure, tamper-proof, all, you know, this, this federal compliance thing with security and all that, and we're able to take that and virtualize it and provide the same level of security, right, and, and even more robust and, and uh, more tamper-proof in that sense. And, and so that was a very interesting project because it was sort of like uh, closing the gap um, almost what you hear a lot of today, right? Virtual environments, metaverse, all this, but actually closing that gap between what has to be physical and what, and you know, what can actually be virtualized. And, and that was probably a, a good leap forward. And then to watch that actually 
you know, the, the con conceived, uh, you know, the, the proof of concept, and then actually delivered to market within within a year, right? Mm. And and watch that to start to get used. Although here in our country, it's taken a little bit more to go through that certification pro process. But the fact that you could take something as cutting edge as that and bring it to the market was also an amazing thing. Typically, and you might know this, uh, especially if you've been a while for a while, some projects just take a while. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can mature and actually, uh, actually, you know, penetrate the market. This, this one took off pretty quick. So it's one of those things. I really enjoy for that reason, uh, and more so for the collaboration across. Whenever you do something like this, you're you're dealing with people in different domain experts with different domain expertise, and and you you really start having an appreciation for your colleagues and the people you're working with because you start realizing, wow, I I didn't know you knew that, right? And and that's amazing, <laughs> and so <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. That was one of the my, my more enjoyable ones, I would say. Okay, now I know what you're talking about, but because you and I have talked about this, but you kept saying doing this and this project. Describe to us a little bit about the project. You, you said you took something that was a process that was 100 years old and modified it. What was that process? Oh, absolutely. So this is a, a case where you, you're dealing with generating and Daisha, right? Uh, and Daisha is a way to fingerprint, right, something uh, and, and encode it in a way graphically so that it's hard to, for somebody to copy it or make a mm -hmm. copy of it, right? And there's a lot to be said about what goes on behind the scenes with that. Uh, so even how you seed, the, how you generate, you know, everything is about entropy, right? When you talk about encryption, it's about mm -hmm. your ability to basically seed something in a way that's difficult for somebody who might be a bad actor to try to seed it and, and trying to crack the code. So wow. right from the beginning there, how, it's, how you seed it. How you do that is virtualized, but yet the seeding mechanism is, is dedicated and isolated, right? And then how you do secure channel communication in such a way that, again, that you, you don't allow uh, anybody, even the execution environment is constantly audited, right, as it runs real time. So that just brings a level of, you know, uh, how can I say, resilience and, and durability that you know these devices used to be actual devices hardware so if you if you try to break them or tamper them they will self-destruct right wow. so they were like that and this is very simple it's the same thing and also the one of the key things about this particular project they was using blockchain technology so what we were doing was this immutable ledger while we were recording things on one hand and then the thing that was actually doling out the keys that were being used right was also being audited and that was keeping uh, that information was being uh, you know collected and passed around, and then there was uh, a, a a back end process that would compare the two to make sure that they there was still integrity in the process. So separate, right? It's sort of like a, a real time audit continuously happening, and then there was, there was actually measures put in place to make sure that if there was uh, you know any any kind of variance or or something happened there, we we would you know uh, you know get into the process, but. Again, you you take an idea that's that's hardware, and then you say, well, how do I bring the same level of security, make it that robust, make it tamper-proof, but use new technology? And what does that mean? It means that you go from transacting maybe at a rate of two digits per you know second to maybe thousands per second, mm -hmm. and and so you know when you think about scaling and things like that, it's it's just amazing. Uh, and as you know. Um, obviously in today's world, blockchain seems to be uh, something that's become very popular, but there are a lot of interesting uses for it. This was one, uh, so that made it interesting. 
That's fascinating. And um, like I said, you and I have talked about it, uh, but I knew that the listeners were going to be really interested in knowing about what that project was. And um, yeah, blockchain is um, is the new shiny, uh, but it sounds like you've, you've come up with a, um, a, a lot of the uses I see for blockchain are trivial, you know, but you seem to have come up with one that it actually really is using the blockchain for what it's designed. So kudos to you for that. Hey, uh, before we go, one last question. Tell me about one hobby you enjoy outside of tech. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll tell you, I used this, I've had several hobbies in life and, and they've come and go and I, I could rattle them off. You know, like uh, there was a time where um, just, uh, my, I was a real athlete. So I, I would love anything athletic. You know, uh, I was doing triathlons for a bit, things like that. Uh, but then I, I was in equestrian for a short bit, maybe five, five or six years. But the one thing that has stuck with me right through beginning to end was uh, just music, playing music. Wow. Yeah. I, and and I and it's I, it's been really it's just something that I just don't let go, and it's a way for me to relax. I, I used to tell people it's almost like I compare it to my swimming. When I swim, I kind of zone everybody out, and when I'm playing an instrument, I kind of do the same thing, and I'm in my own world. And it's a very relaxing thing. So it's it's a hobby that at one point in time challenged my career, uh, but I knew better. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wasn't really going going to do well as a starving artist, so I I, I, I opted for the technology, which I enjoyed absolutely, obviously immensely. There is a um, there's a real tie between software development and music. Um, I, I see a lot of developers that are also musicians. Matter of fact. Um, one of my early languages was FoxPro and back before Microsoft bought it and Dr. Dave Fulton was still running the, the show over there. Whenever we would have conferences, they would rent out the bar in the hotel, set up a stage and just put instruments up on the stage. And every night a different group would come up and we, you know, just have a pickup band and they'd sit there and, and jam while the rest of us were um, sitting there talking shop. And so that's always stuck with me. There, there just seems to be a, 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 uh, a tie between musicians and um, software developers. Hey, William, I want to thank you for joining us here today on The Frontier. Audience, thank you for joining us, and I hope you've enjoyed this. Hope you found it interesting. If you are a developer and you want to get involved with the Gun.io platform, find work with some of the most interesting clients, click the link below. We'd love to get you on the platform and start showing you off to clients, just like we're showing William off now. Thank you. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.